If there's one thing that you've heard over and over again on Build Your Tribe, it's this. Do what you do best, but then outsource or hire or consult or invest in other people who know what they do really well. But the same is true when it comes to growing your reach. If you need more eyeballs, if you need more people to know about that thing that you offer, that thing that you sell, that business that you are trying to grow, and you're trying to do that with social media, may I suggest the best deal on the internet? Yes. When it comes to Instagram, I want to invite you to check out Insta Club Hub. Myself and my son, my co-host, Barack Johnson, we're the founders of Insta Club Hub, and it is rocking people's worlds. We have clients who've seen over 3,000% growth in their Instagram reach in less than seven days. We have people with under 1,000 followers reaching 4 million on a reel. We've had people who've increased their visits to their website by over 300% in less than five days. It's pretty amazing the difference that can be made by just doing a few simple tweaks. It's a monthly membership. It's an amazing community. We teach live. You know, you hear us all the time on the show, but wouldn't you like to hang out with us live? We're pretty fun together, I got to tell you. So I want to invite you to go check it out yourself. Go to instaclubhub.com and learn how easy and affordable it is to work with your host, Brock and Shalene Johnson. All right, now let's get to today's topic. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to today's episode of Build Your Tribe. In today's episode, I'm going to walk you through the hiring process that I've recently gone through myself to hire a new virtual assistant, a virtual team member, a staff member, if you will, who will be helping me with a wide variety of tasks. And I wanted to walk you through the different steps that I followed to hire my new virtual assistant. I wanted to give you some tips on interviewing, some interviewing questions. I want to talk to you about when is it time to hire and when do you know that you're ready to take on a new staff member or to hire a virtual assistant? I'm going to talk to you about some ideas for things that can be outsourced because a lot of times we think that a lot of the tasks that we do have to be done by us when in reality they can be outsourced or delegated to virtual team members. Recently, I was getting interviewed for another podcast and we spent the first 45 minutes talking about exactly what you would expect us to be talking about Instagram. We talked about Instagram growth, strategies, tips, hashtags, all of that good stuff. And then towards the end of the interview, I was asked, what's your long-term goal? And I'm sure that the interviewer, as well as most of the people who listened to that podcast, were thinking I was going to give some stat about how I wanted to reach a million followers on Instagram or how I wanted to sell this many products from my Instagram or I wanted to help this many people on Instagram. But my answer kind of surprised them. My answer was that I want to do less. I want to work less. I want to hire more people and delegate as much as I can and expand my virtual team so that I can spend less time on Instagram, so that I can spend less time doing business stuff, that I can spend more time living life, spending time with my family. And I think ultimately, if we step back, most of us would feel the same way. Yes, we enjoy the business that we are a part of. And yes, I'll be the first one to say, I absolutely love what I do. I love working with Instagram. I love teaching business owners how to grow their platform. I love doing live trainings. I love sitting here right now recording this. But ultimately, I think most of us would agree that the end goal 
is to get ourselves or our businesses to the point where we don't have to be grinding and hustling 24-7, 365, so that we can create more financial freedom and more time freedom, so that we have the ability to take our kids to school and go to every single one of their practices and every single one of their games, so that we can be at graduations, and that we can not only never miss a birthday dinner, but just never miss a dinner at all. I really want to prioritize my family that I don't even have yet. I don't have any kids. I'm not even married yet. I'm engaged, but we're not married yet. So my family is just getting started. And it's really important for me that five, 10 years from now, I'm not spending all of my days creating content for social media. And a big part of that is hiring. A big part of that is delegating, is asking for help. I think that within entrepreneurship, within network marketing, within business ownership, there's this prevalent idea and really this prevalent attitude that a lot of us take on, which is that I'm going to be the jack of all trades. I'm going to master marketing. I'm going to master content production and graphic design. I'm going to be my own podcast host and podcast editor. I'm going to run all of my social media channels. I'm going to do it all myself. I'm going to be my email copywriter. I'm going to be the one building my landing pages and my sales funnels. And I'm going to do it all myself because that'll save me time. When in reality, this mindset can be very problematic because first of all, it's not going to save you time because you're going to spend way more time doing all of these things that you're not very good at, spending 19 hours watching YouTube videos, trying to learn something that someone else is already going to be able to do in way shorter amount of time and way better than you're ever going to be able to do it. So it doesn't save us time and it doesn't save us money because even though you think, well, I'm not paying someone to do this for me, every hour that you spend on a task that isn't in your zone of genius or isn't in your expertise or isn't something that's going to bring you joy, every hour that you spend doing these monotonous daily chores, the routine habits, the things that you just don't love to do, the things that you maybe aren't very good at. Every moment that you spend doing those things are moments that are taken away from the things that are actually going to move the needle in your business, the things that are actually going to bring you joy, and the things that are actually going to bring you the biggest income. So even though you think you might be saving $20 by not hiring a virtual assistant to help you out, you're actually losing a lot more than that because That was an hour that you are now not spending on other areas of your business. Here's a very real world example. Let's say that there is only one hour in my entire day that I can work. There's only one hour that I can work. I could spend that hour doing one of two things. Going through my inbox, sorting through all of the spam mail, the junk mail, replying to important emails, filling out forms and sending back documents. Or during that one hour, I could, for example, do a one-hour coaching call. Well, if I go through my emails myself, I am not going to be making any money during that hour because I spent the entire hour just going through emails. Now, if I were to instead do a one-on-one coaching call, then I might make, you know, let's imagine that my one-on-one coaching calls cost $100 an hour. Well, then during that hour, I got 100 extra dollars. I made $100 during that hour. But of course, then my emails are still there. My email inbox is piling up and that little red notification number just continues to grow. Now imagine if I hired a virtual assistant who could go through my emails for me for that hour. And let's say I paid them $25 an hour. Well, now guess what? During that hour, I made $75. So sure, I didn't make as much money. My net profit wasn't as high as if I didn't hire the virtual assistant. But 
now I've made $75. I've got to do something that I love, which is one-on-one coaching. And my email inbox has been gone through. I know what emails I need to respond to, all the other emails, all the spam, all the junk, it's been deleted. So I got to check off two things from my to-do list. I got to do the one that really brings me a lot of joy. The one that I needed to do, which was go through my emails, got checked off and I made $75. Oh, and I got to employ someone else. I got to employ and hire someone else who can now feed their family and provide for themselves during that hour. So it's a win, 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 win. When you outsource and delegate, everyone wins, I promise. And I've seen this to be true in my business. In fact, one of the best decisions, if not the very best decision that I ever made in my business life was about six or seven months in to my very first business, which was Unwrap Snap, teaching parents how to keep their kids safe on Snapchat. Shout out to any ninja parents who are listening to Build Your Tribe right now. In the very early stages of that business, I was encouraged by my mom to hire a virtual assistant. And I was like, mom, I don't think I really need one right now. I don't know if I can afford a virtual assistant. I don't even know what they would do for me on a daily basis. But because she was my coach, because she's always been my mentor, I decided to go forward and hire a virtual assistant. To this day, I say that hiring Joyce, my virtual assistant, was possibly the best decision I ever made. She's still working with us. And in fact, she's been stolen from me by my mom and she now works full-time for Team Johnson. That's how awesome she is. She's continued to get promotions and bonuses and raises and get promoted into higher level positions. But I remember when I first hired her about five years ago and how risky that felt. But I also remember how 30 days after I hired her, I looked back on the month and I realized that I made more in that month than I had in the seven months prior. And it was because she was helping me out with all of these daily tasks, these things that we feel we have to do as entrepreneurs. She was now able to help me out with those things and I could focus on other areas. So you know what I did during that month? I did a live video on Facebook every single night. And that drove my business through the roof. That drove my new leads, my new clients and customers through the roof. That's not what this is about. This is about hiring help, hiring an assistant, or really just hiring anyone who could help you out in your business. Some top tips, some things that I would recommend, red flags. So let's get into the actual meat of the information. Oh, and actually one really last quick thing before we get into the actual tips. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my mom's longtime assistant, Kristen, who is also our podcast manager now. Kristen, you are absolutely amazing. I think of you like an aunt or even like a second mom. You've been in our lives for so many years and we are so grateful for you. I am so thankful for everything you have done for myself and my family. Let's start with the first question. How do you know it's the right time to hire? How do you know you're ready? I've talked to a lot of experts recently and the one thing that they all say is that when you first hire your very first assistant or team member, you don't think you're ready you feel like you're not ready. You feel very nervous. And so if you feel that way, if you've listened to the first 10 minutes of this and you're like, ah, I just don't think it's for me, but I'll keep listening. Well, thank you for continuing to listen, but I want to tell you that it actually probably is the right time for you. You may not feel ready yet, but if you wait until you know you're ready, if you wait until you get to the point where you're like, I know I need help. I just can't handle it anymore. I'm buried under all this work. Then it's too late. By the time you know you're ready, it's probably too late. So I encourage you to start this process now. And this process starts with doing exactly what you're doing, which is learning 
the steps that you should follow, or at least the steps that I would recommend you follow to hire your first virtual assistant staff member or team member. And of course, I should say that this goes for in-person hires as well. But in the COVID world that we're living in and in the digital space and digital world that we all exist in now, I think that the virtual assistant, virtual team member route is just as viable, if not more viable than an in-person staff or team member would be. Let's start by asking ourselves, what are some things that can be outsourced? I want you to pause this right now if you're in a position where you can pause it and pull out a piece of paper and a pen and write down anything that you do repetitively on a daily basis. Anything that you do day after day repetitively, that is something that can very easily and quickly be outsourced, especially if it's something that you don't enjoy doing. So some things that I am outsourcing myself and some things that you could consider outsourcing as well are email management, going through your emails, what's spam, what can be deleted, what needs to be replied to, and what is urgent, making sure all of that is gone through. Schedule management, managing scheduling conflicts and scheduling upcoming events. What about collaborations and reaching out to brands, networking with influencers, and communicating with potential partners? What about social media content creation so that you don't have to be the one creating content for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and TikTok all in the same day. You can just create one video and then there will be content created for all those other platforms by your assistant. What about graphic design? What about copywriting and email writing? What about video editing? What about photo editing? What about housekeeping or grocery shopping or helping you schedule appointments like dentist appointments and doctor's visits? What about hiring someone to help you with research who can constantly be combing the interwebs for new data and new blogs that are being written on whatever's trending in your industry? Imagine if every single day you could have a list of the 10 hottest articles or blogs or YouTube videos related to whatever it is that you do. Imagine how helpful that would be for you to stay on top of things in your industry and to stay current with whatever is trending in your niche. The list really goes on and on, but I hope that these ideas, these examples gave you some additional ideas and sparked your own creativity of things that you could outsource or delegate or ask for help with within your own business. Before we go any further, I want to tell you about a really exciting live event that we have coming up. It's the MIA Live Virtual Event. It's taking place on May 26th and 27th, 2021. To sign up, you can visit shaleen.com forward slash virtual. MIA students, if you're listening right now and you're already in the Marketing Impact Academy, be sure to check your email so you can claim your free tickets. This event is virtual and it's open to everyone. So you can get on the wait list now. If you are one of the first on the wait list, you will get our early bird pricing, but hurry because that pricing is definitely not going to last long, but I highly recommend attending our live event. We're going to cover some awesome topics, and obviously, it's not just going to be my mom and myself. It's going to be a ton of our other experts and professors from within the Marketing Impact Academy. Some of the topics we're going to cover are Instagram, Facebook, Facebook groups, YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest. We're going to talk about Clubhouse. We're going to talk about products, network marketing, and so much more. Oh, and there's also going to be VIP, but there's very limited space in VIP. So you're definitely going to want to get on the wait list and join the VIP live event before it's too late. Again, that's shaleen.com forward slash virtual to attend our live virtual event. 
And I am so excited. I can't wait to see you there. I wish it was in person and hopefully we'll get to do an MIA live event in person sometime soon. But for now, this live virtual event I know is going to be popping. It's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. And it's going to be, of course, extremely valuable. If you are now at the stage, you're now convinced, you're like, okay, Brock, I'm with you. I want to hire help. I want to hire an assistant. Where do I start? What's the best place to start? Well, there are a wide variety of options. There is a wide variety of websites. So I decided to create a free virtual resources guide, basically a guide to help you figure out what website or app or you know route is best to help you hire this new virtual staff member. And you can download that guide by visiting virtualhelpguide.com. Again, that's virtualhelpguide.com. And there's a link to that in the show notes, of course, but I thought that might just make things a little bit easier and a little bit more understandable of which apps and which websites are best for what. It's totally free. You just put in your name, put in your email, and you'll get the free guide. But what I did to hire this virtual assistant is I just used my social media. And I understand not everyone has the privilege of having a social media platform with thousands of followers because, you know, if you only have 300 followers, you're not drawing from a very big pool if you are searching or putting out a help wanted ad. Because I knew that I have, you know, thousands of people watching my Instagram stories every day, that's what I went with. So I just posted an Instagram story saying help wanted. I am looking to hire a virtual assistant to join my virtual team. If you are interested and would like to throw your name in the hat, put three words that would describe yourself into the chat box below. And then I put one of those blank question stickers from Instagram stories. I got a couple hundred responses and I combed through those reading the three words that people use to describe themselves. Of course, when I was doing this, it's not like I'm getting the most detailed responses from people. It's not like I'm going to immediately know, hey, this person is awesome or this person won't be the best virtual assistant. But there were some red flags. Some people used more than three words to describe themselves. And, you know, as someone with ADHD tendencies, someone who is looking for someone literally who is type A detail oriented and able to help me stay on top of all of these little minute details that are going on in my daily life. I need you at least to be able to count to three when using words to describe yourself if that's what I asked for. So, you know, if people use six words to describe themselves, they were immediately taken off the list. And then some people used words that just weren't the best way to describe yourself if you are trying to apply for the virtual assistant job. Like I think one person said, quick-witted, outdoorsy, and fun. Those are the three words that used to describe themselves, which, you know, I'm sure I'd love to hang out with you, but I don't know if those are the best three things that I would highlight about myself if I was seeking to be hired as a virtual assistant. But anyways, I combed through the list with a couple hundred responses and I narrowed it down to a top 25 list of respondents. And then what I did is I reached out to those 25 people again via Instagram and just said, hey, I really appreciate you responding. I would love it if you could send me your email address. That way I could contact you with next steps. Immediately from there, they whittled themselves down from 25 to about 20 because about five people ended up never responding to that message. So then what I did next is I reached out to those 20 people via email and just sent them a quick email saying something like, hey, thank you so much for sending me your email. I really appreciate it. I would love if you could send me your resume as well as any other additional information you think I might need to know. And from that, again, the potential virtual assistants whittled themselves down from 20 to 15 because again, about five people never responded to that email and never sent me their resume. 
So now I had about 15 resumes. I read through them all. I took notes. And from the resumes, I selected a, I think it was a top five to move on to the interview round. So from the resumes, I selected five people who I would interview virtually via Zoom or via Zoom, however you want to say it, for this virtual assistant position. So again, if you're following everything so far, we started with a couple hundred respondents via social media. If you download that virtual resources guide that I told you about earlier, you'll see some other possible links or websites where you can also kind of put out a help wanted ad from that couple hundred. I then whittled it down to 25, reached out to 25 people, 20 responded. So then I had 20 emails. I reached out to those 20, 15 responded. So then I had 15 resumes. And from those 15 resumes, I selected a top five that would move to the round of interviews, the first round of interviews. And in those interviews, this is where it actually gets into the thick of it. This is where you actually get into, you know, what is, at least for me personally, the most challenging part of the hiring process, because I like most people and I'm a pretty outgoing guy. I like talking to people. I like hanging out. I like to see the best in everyone. So the interviews for me, no matter what they say, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. But it's important to kind of put on your objective hat, pretend to be the bad cop. And really, you know, you don't have to be mean to people in the interviews. I'm not saying that, but just think about their responses and what they're saying from a critical lens. Here are some of the questions that I asked in my interviews. Feel free to use some yourself or to come up with your own. First, I just asked some topical questions like, hey, what devices do you use? Are you on Apple, Android, Windows? And that's important to me because I'm on all Apple and I know that a lot of the softwares and things that I'm using only are supported on iOS devices or on Apple-related products. And so if my virtual assistant doesn't use Apple and they're not familiar with any of these apps, not only are they going to struggle to learn all of these new apps, and you know that might be a challenge in and of itself, there is also the problem of compatibility and sending files from one operating system to another. So that's just something I always like to ask and look out for. But most people, especially if you are interviewing within the U.S., most people are either on Apple, on iOS, or have familiarity with these products or whatever products it is that you use. Next, I would ask, what are your normal working hours? So I like to get a sense of, hey, is this someone who only works in the morning? Do they only work at night? Do they prefer to work during the day? Is this person a, you know, a night owl or a morning bird? I want to ask and just get a sense, when do they work best? What are their off-limits times? Do they have any times of the day where they're like, hey, you're available 24-7, but you know from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., that's when I work out, so I'm unavailable during that time. Or maybe I interviewed someone and they told me that they're a student, and they're like, you know, I have virtual classes, so I'm unavailable from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day because I'm in virtual classes or I'm going to school. There's just certain things you want to look out for in terms of availability. And of course, it's also important to just ask, you know, how many hours does someone have available per week? And also to know yourself going into it, am I going to ask this person to do five hours of work a week or 40 hours of work a week? Because the demands and the stresses that you might be asking someone to take on, of course, are very different depending on how much time you expect them to commit to being your virtual assistant. It's also important to know what other clients they currently have, if they currently have a bunch, if they've never had any in the past, if they've had a lot. 
but those people have since left them. If they have left, you know, was it a mutual parting of ways? Did they get fired? Did they get promoted? You know, why did those past jobs or did those past virtual employers, why did they not work out or why did they not continue? Another question that is important to ask that actually I didn't come up with, my fiance Taylor came up with, and I'm going to talk about her in a minute. Something that she came up with was, if I hire you, will you be continuing to look for other work? Like, will you still be taking on new clients and adding other people to your workload? Or once you work with me, once I hire you, is that it? Do I have your full focus? I think that's an important question as well, because if you're asking for someone to give you 40 hours worth of work per week, and they're still continuing to look to get hired by other people and add on more work, either they're going to work themselves into the grave, or they're not going to be able to provide you with an effective or proficient amount of work. Once I get through those more topical-based questions, I like to get more into the personality-based questions. And for this round of interviews, some things that I asked my virtual candidates was some things like, you know, in the past, when you have had an employer ask you to do something that you knew nothing about, how did you handle it? And I wanted to look for, hey, were they going to say, I Googled it, I researched it, I watched YouTube videos, I asked around before I asked for assistance? Or were they like, you know, I just kind of tried to figure it out on my own? Or were they like, whenever I don't know something, I immediately just ask my supervisor? And you'll know what you're looking for. Maybe you really value that someone is immediately like, hey, I don't know, can you help me out? I know that personally, I really value when someone is like, I'm going to, because I don't understand this, I'm going to research it on my own. I'm going to see what I can figure out. And if I do my research and I can't come to a conclusion on my own, then I will ask for assistance. So that's an important question for me. Another important question that I asked is like, what is your worst employer experience of the past? Have you ever had a really bad boss? And tell me about that. And it's important to listen to their response very carefully. Because oftentimes interviewees will hear this question and will go right into attack mode. They will start going off about how terrible this past employer was, how they were such a bad communicator and they were so unresponsive and they just didn't get along and they didn't see eye to eye and they disagreed and their employer did this and did that and did that. And even though those things might be totally true, you have to remember you might be their next employer. This might be your next employee. So I want you to, you know, take a pause and think about, do I want to hire someone who's that excited to talk negatively about one of their past employers? And it might be deservedly so. They might have had a terrible past employer, just an absolutely terrible human being. But it's important to remember that this person you're about to hire is going to work for you. You are going to be their new employer. And so something that I often look for and something that I really love to hear when I ask that question about, you know, tell me about a less than ideal past work experience. I'm not the best interviewee myself, but what I will say is when that question is asked, the best interviewees will turn it back to a positive. They'll say, you know, I had this employer one time who really struggled with communication. They were always replying to me late or missing deadlines. And because of this, even though I would follow up multiple times, it was causing me to not be able to do my job to the best of my own capabilities. But what we did is we created a system and we worked together to find a solution that worked well for both of us so that I could achieve my duties in that role. Something that, you know, takes this negative experience and ultimately turns it on its head, turns it back to a positive experience, a learning experience, and highlights their strengths as a new potential staff member for you. That's the best answer. And of course, you'll know, you'll know, trust your gut. That's really my ultimate 
thing that I can say when you're interviewing your new potential staff member is to trust your gut, trust your intuition. There are a lot of really fascinating studies that have been done on our intuition and on these gut feelings that we have and how a lot of times, for whatever reason, we pick things correctly without much real analytical data behind it. Like, trust your gut, trust your intuition. Honestly, these interviews, it's a lot like dating and relationships. You're going to know. You're going to get a vibe from a person. You're going to get a sense, is this someone who's likable? Is this someone who I would like to talk to on a daily basis? Is this someone who I can trust? Or do I just get the vibe, the feeling, the intuition that this person isn't being honest with me or this person isn't reliable or trustworthy or whatever it may be that you're specifically looking for? Trust your gut. Then after the first round of interviews, I spent a few days kind of thinking back over them, looking at my notes, maybe even revisiting some of the interviews if you wanted to record the interviews for your own personal use. And then I narrowed my top five down to a top three. And I reached out to three of my final candidates and I let them know, hey, I just wanted to let you know you've moved on to our final round of interviews. And in this round of interviews, I will be having you interviewed by my fiance, Taylor. Now, maybe you don't have a fiance, maybe you don't have a partner, but having a friend, having a relative, having just someone else you can trust, maybe it's just a roommate, interview these candidates is an awesome way to cross-reference because what you'll find is a lot of times you guys are in agreement. A lot of times you're like, hey, you know, I got a gut feeling about this person. Or maybe the second round of interviews that was done by your friend, your friend notices a really big flag or your friend reads their resume and is like, whoa, did you see this? Their longest job was a month and they've been working for the last 15 years and they've been fired from every job they've worked at. And you're like, oh my gosh, I missed that. So I highly encourage you, you know, whether it's a relative, a friend, someone you live with, just having somebody interview them as a second interview. It can be really, really helpful to just know that your gut feeling is something you can trust. And what I've found is that typically you're going to be in agreement with that second interviewer, but there are times where you might disagree and that's a perfect opportunity to have the conversation of, you know, where do we disagree? Is it something that is really important to me that's just not that important to you? Or maybe there's a major red flag that I missed or that they missed. So it's important to have that second interviewer First of all, go into the interviews without any expectations. So Taylor, my fiance, and obviously it's important for me to have her interview them because as my assistant, they will also kind of be an extension and be her assistant as well because so much of our calendar and schedule and responsibilities are shared. So it's important for me that she likes and trusts and knows the assistant who I'm hiring as well. But before going into those interviews, I prepped Taylor by giving her some ideas of questions I sent her the resumes, but I didn't tell her my thoughts. So after the first round of interviews, I didn't say, hey, I really like this person or this person's in the lead or I noticed this about this person. I tried to not tip her off towards any bias or any thoughts that I had. All I did was provide her with the questions that I had asked these interviewees in the first round and I provided her with their responses so that she could just have a, a grounds of, you know, what do we already know about this person? What do we not know? What might she want to know that I forgot to ask? Things like that. Then following the third and final 
interview for my new potential virtual assistant. We both spent another day kind of going through our notes and coming to our conclusions. And we sat down and had a conversation about who we thought was best. We went back and forth over things, pros and cons that we liked, didn't like in each of the interviewees and ultimately decided upon a new virtual assistant who I will be hiring and who will be joining my team moving forward. I'm so excited. I have really been needing to hire a new assistant for a while, ever since my mom stole my last virtual assistant from me. Shout out to Joyce. She is absolutely amazing. If you follow the Insta Club Hub Instagram account, she almost entirely runs that Instagram account. So she is awesome. She's helped me with everything you could imagine in business. And I'm super excited to have this new virtual team member to continue to grow my team, continue to help serve more people more effectively and continue to create the life that I want to live. So if I can leave you with this one final word of encouragement, I highly recommend, I highly encourage you, I implore you, SAT word, to hire some help, ask for help, hire a virtual assistant, hire a virtual team member. Maybe start with a video editor or a podcast editor or a content creator or a copywriter, someone who isn't gonna take a bunch of things off your plate, but can just take one task off your plate. And I promise you will notice the difference. You will notice the difference in your business and in your personal life. And as always, happy networking.